Too good. Hey, thanks, East Band. Hey, please feel free to grab a seat where you are. My name is Riley. I'm just one of the people that rock up here every Sunday. Uh, but as Josh and Steph said, we are so excited to have you here uh, on your Sunday night with us in the midst of the rain and all. We hope you're nice and cozy uh, tonight. But in light of all that too, we know this time of the year uh, can get tricky for everyone. In fact, everyone can get pretty busy this time of the year when October starts coming up and it's this last quarter of 2018. Uh, in fact, for a lot of us, this time of the year gets really stressful uh, because the year starts coming to an end and we can already start trying to figure out what next year is going to look like. Next year can look so unknown, it can look so exciting, but at the same time we can have so much nerve with it too. Uh, at the same time, you might be feeling stressful if you're a uni student right now because I know that you're going into week 12 and things can get pretty messy when you're in the heart of assessment. Uh, you might be stressing out uh, because you just came out of your own school holidays as a high school student and your holidays weren't really as restful as you thought they would be. Uh, maybe you're stressing out because you're a parent and your child is stressing out at this time of the year. Or maybe you're stressing out because you're a parent and you're part of a family and you know Christmas is coming up soon. In fact, the trees are already in the shops and you know you have to start thinking about where families are eating on Christmas Day, on Christmas Eve, on Boxing Day, all the rest. You have to start thinking about all these events that are happening at the back end of the year. Uh, it's stressful if you've been keeping a tab on your finances and you realise that all those goals that you set for yourself at the start of the year in January haven't really worked out how you thought they would. It's stressful if you realise the whole new year, new me thing hasn't really gone to plan. And I know for a fact it's definitely stressful if you put 1,440 minutes of your life into this season of The Bachelor, only to be disappointed by the honey badger. <laughs> Men, am I right? Oh. But I get it. And, and even if you're totally feeling in control this time of the year in October, even if you feel in control, you feel like everything's going okay, I bet there was at least one day this year, maybe even a week, maybe even a month, where you felt overscheduled, where you felt tired, where you felt the need to be constantly busy. Maybe there was a day, weeks or months where you just felt like you didn't have clarity over things. You didn't have clarity over your life when you just felt brain-filled, where you felt so scattered and so frazzled. And, and maybe for you, maybe for you, you are in a different spot at this time of the year. But if you have ever experienced that sense of feeling just absolutely foggy in the mind, uh, that sense of exhaustion from people asking more of you than you feel like you can give, that sense of resentment towards those that you feel like are setting unrealistic expectations of yourself at uni, at work, or even at home, then you would know what it's like for the smallest things to turn into the biggest problems. When all of a sudden the difference between getting a green light or a red light on your way to work determines your whole day. Uh, when you turn into the Hulk when you get stuck in traffic, uh, because all of a sudden it's stopping you from getting to where you need to be. When you walk outside to your car and you see that a bird has pooed across your windscreen and your day is ruined because you've realised that every feathered specimen on this planet is out to get you. When the smallest things in the world, uh, a fly or even a mosquito at work, completely turns your head around because you feel like mozzies are just out for your blood. Why, God, have you made mozzies just to come after me? The smallest things turn into the biggest problems. And all of a sudden there's a reason to be crying over spilled milk because you've opened the fridge and it's poured all over your work socks or because your sister doesn't know the strict organisation system of the fridge where the milk is meant to go on the drink holders on the right-hand side and not balance on the second tray with the milk cap half off. So when you open it, it does pour all over into dairy death over your socks. That's a me problem, that's me venting, deal with it. But 
These are things, these are things that happen in our day, these small, tiny things that just turn into these big problems, this chaotic mess, and it affects how we feel. It affects how we think, and all of a sudden, we can lose track. We don't have the clarity that we want. We feel so foggy. We feel so scattered. We feel so out of control. Uh, and that's why, that's why we decided to launch this series, because we get it. We get what it feels to feel out of control. And that's why over the next three Sundays we have together, tonight is part one, we're going to go all the way to part four, and our next three Sundays together, we're going to look at how we can actually get control back in our calendar, that's next week in part two, how we can get control back uh, in terms of our finances, and then in part four, we're going to look at how we can get control back in our life in a world that is simply filled with worry. So if that's something that you have experienced before, if any of the, of the above is something that you have felt before, then this series is for you, and we'd love to have you tracking with us over the next couple of weeks. Because we get it, when work becomes a mess, when uni is overbearing, when family life is chaotic, it's not hard to feel like the world is against you. And I can tell you this, on one day, uh, when I did come home, and I did open the fridge, and the milk didn't pour all over my work socks, uh, I had this one day where I just came home really hungry. Uh, and to give you a little bit of a backstory of this particular Monday, I actually woke up in the morning and I woke up late. And not only did I wake up late, but I was already out of routine. I was running late for work. I didn't get to eat breakfast. I didn't pack my lunch for work in my little tiny lunchbox. So I didn't have food with me. And throughout my whole day, I was constantly trying to catch up with myself from the week before. There was deadlines that I knew I was falling behind on, emails that I knew I had to get sent. There was this sense of urge to be rushed throughout my day, to be busy. So when I finally got home, I came home and I just threw myself into a heap on the lounge. And and in that time, I was just so tired. I was starting to think about the things that I knew I had to get done, but just a part of me just didn't feel like getting them done in that moment. And I knew I had to be busy, but at the same time, I just felt like I didn't have the energy to do what I needed to do. So I had a bit of time to myself, but then, then I went to the fridge. And I went to the fridge because I was not only hungry, I was hangry. Now, I have two sisters. I know what hangry looks like, hungry, angry. It's a dangerous place to be in. Uh, but I was verging on hangry. So I went straight to the fridge, and I did this thing where I opened the fridge, I look in the fridge for a period of 30 to 45 seconds. And in that time, I look in the fridge, I look at everything that's in there, and then I shut the door and I walk away. I walk away, but then I come back one minute later, I open the fridge, and I could literally eat a horse right now. I look in the fridge and there's nothing in the fridge that's going to fulfill me, nothing that I could feel like eating in that time. So I shut the fridge and then I walk away, give it another two minutes, I come back. Anyway, I've done this like a dozen times. I literally do it 12 times. And I don't know if you do this to the point where your fridge just starts beeping back at you, but this fridge, my mom and dad loves me, this fridge was filled with food. It had all the drink in the world, everything that I needed to actually eat and be fed, but everything I was looking for just was not in this fridge. So I did what any 21-year-old male would do. I decided I'd go to Macca's. Anyway, I went and picked up my keys from the front and just frustration, I grabbed them, went straight to the front door, I slammed the door behind me, I got in my car, sat in my car, put my keys in the ignition, and I've looked in my rearview mirror and I've noticed my dad has came home in the time that I've been at home and he's parked his car right behind me in the driveway. And I was like, oh, you're joking. Are you serious? Could this guy get any worse? So keys out of the ignition, back inside, I'm walking in and I'm frustrated, I'm feeling hungry. And, and all I need now is just to get my dad's keys. But my dad is upstairs. And not only is he upstairs, he's upstairs asleep and the keys are also upstairs with my dad. And between me and the keys and Macca's, my chicken nuggies and my vanilla milkshake are 14 steps. My energy's depleted. I've had a big day. I don't want to walk up the stairs. So I thought to myself, I'll just call Dad. Very millennial thing. And um, I got on my phone. I gave him a dial. I got three rings in 
And after I got three rings in, I realized my battery had ran flat and my phone had died in my hand. And I'm like, I can't even contact my father anymore. How am I meant to get my chicken nuggies? How's this going to work? I'll never be able to get these keys. And I was freaking out. And in frustration, in frustration, I got my phone and I kind of lobbed it across the room, skimmed it straight into the lounge. Except it's bounced off the bottom of the lounge. It's kind of ricocheted off the back. It's on this two bounce and then it's landed face flat on the tiles and made this massive smack. And now I've had to walk over and have this heated verbal exchange with both my phone and my tiles, who I very much dislike in this moment. And on my way over to have this verbal exchange, I managed to stub my toe on the dining room table. And then I'm like, fire out. This is like the final scene of Beauty and the Beast where all the furniture starts coming alive and starts attacking people. I'm like, my goodness, my dining room table has a vendetta against me. Anyway, so in this caught out moment where my toe is now hurting, I'm still hungry, I still don't have the keys and everything that I need. I was so angry, I was so frustrated, and I'll tell you this, I'm a football player, I play soccer, and I don't have any trash talk on a football pitch, I can't push back against someone when they have a go at me, or they come up and give me a shove, but my goodness, if an inanimate object is going to start a fight with me, I will fight back. Uh, so, I kind of gave my dining room table just like a one-two hit with my very masculine, very soft and delicate hands, which really, it left bruising, and I gave it a one-two hit on the table just out of anger and frustration. The sound of that noise sounds exactly like someone knocking at the door, which then triggers our very ferocious guard dog, a four-kilogram Lahaza Apso, our dog Keely, who's up at the top of the stairs out of everywhere, who just starts barking like mad because she thinks someone's at the door. And I'm like, my goodness, there's so much noise in this house. Everything just started to echo, and things just got louder and more chaotic. And in that time, not only did Keely's barking get louder, but all of a sudden the next door neighbor's bar uh, dog started barking too. And then not only the next door neighbor's dog, but we had every dog barking from like Griffin all the way to Tasmania. It was like 101 Dalmatians. It was just ridiculous. And there was so much noise and things just got louder and louder. And I just got more frazzled. My brain started to get more filled. Everything just started to get bigger. And these small problems, just these chain reactions, just came into this, uh, became this massive, massive mess. And... I went over to the same lounge that I started in that afternoon and I threw myself as a heap on the lounge and I was just freaking out. All these things I knew I had to get done. All this, this, this one simple thing I needed. I just wanted food. That's all I wanted. And I just felt oh, so much chaos around me and so much white noise. And it was in this moment, in this moment that I didn't cry out to God. I probably cried out to the second best thing. I cried out to our OK Google. And if you have an OK Google, you would know that OK Google can play any music. And so just as my dog Keely, just as her voice started to quiet down, just as the neighbor's dog started to quiet down, and every dog from Griffin to Tasmania, I yelled out to my OK Google. I said, OK Google, play relaxing music. And in that moment, Keely's barking started to stop, and my shoulders started to drop. I was able to lean back in the chair, and I was able to finally catch my breath and just start to close my eyes. And that's when my OK Google said back to me, OK playing Rick Astley, and then all of a sudden, never, never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around, never going to, and it just started playing, I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on, I just had my hands uh, up to my ears, and my, oh, I was just absolutely thrown, but in the midst of all this, during this time, my other dog, my puppy, uh, our two-year-old son, or my two-year-old son in our house, Kobe, uh, started to wander down the stairs, and he was equally as frazzled as I was with all the noise in the house, and he came up to me, he gave a big yawn, a big stretch backwards. And he just looked at me. And Kobe knows when I get home, I know that he's ready for a walk. And he came to me with his walkie eyes. I'll give you an idea of what they look like. How could you say no to this fella? Oh, my. He came to me with his walkie eyes. 
I just wasn't having a bar of it. I was like, Kobe, do you know what I've been through? I went to the fridge, there's food in it, but I don't feel like eating it. My, my phone smashed on the tiles, like face down. I don't know if it's okay. The dining room table, Kobe, is out to get me. The world is against me, Kobe. And now, now all I have is Rick Astley in my head. I don't have time for a walk. I don't have time for that. Kobe came right up in front of me and looking at me with these big brown eyes, these two crystal clear pools, uh, pools of Auburn, and he came right sitting in front of me. And that's when I kind of caught in his eyes my own reflection and I realised the monster that I'd really become. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even take my puppy for a walk anymore. What's wrong with me? What type of mess am I in? And I had to pause and ask myself this question of what have I become? What am I doing? Or more so, who am I becoming? And I don't know if you've ever been that frazzled before that you've actually found yourself having to stop and ask that question. Because it is the ultimate reality check to figuring out that you may very well be losing your mind. And I knew for a fact that I had lost it. And I realised it wasn't my world that was out of control. I realised that I had lost control. It's in these times where you have to pause and ask yourself this question, in these times where you know that you've lost control, that you just feel so empty. You just feel so drained. You feel like an empty bucket. Your energy is depleted. You, you feel scattered. You feel frazzled. Things feel foggy. There's, there's just nothing to give to anyone anymore, and you lose any knowledge of what fills you up. And that feeling of being out of control can make us feel so overwhelmed so dissatisfied and so discontent. And, and for a lot of us, the very fear of feeling out of control is what causes us to get trapped in anxiety, this sinkhole of anxiety, this, this loss, of, loss of control over what could happen for us in the future, or more so what the future can hold, and know that we can make the decisions that we need to make today, but not knowing what tomorrow could look like. And see, the thing is, if we don't change how we live, we don't change how we live. Our overcomplicated world can become frighteningly normal. We'll feel accustomed to live life at a frantic pace, and there becomes so many things in our life that starts taking our attention and competing for our time. Often there are more things for us to do than we feel like we have time for, and we begin to feel overwhelmed. We begin to feel stressed. We begin feel out of control. We can no longer identify what is important and what is essential, what we should be saying yes to and what we should be saying no to. And the reality of all of this is that we only have one life. In light of the time span that you have on this earth, time is our most valuable asset. It seems to be the one thing that we simply cannot get back. 